Reform Sage, Works.com, and Bobo Construction. What are, what do they all have in common? You guys don't even know. <laughs> okay. You're, you're going to have to stick around. I want the light on that camera right now. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Pastor Toby, Chalk Knox, I'm the water boy. And Pray this is us. Brother <laughs> Shan Hemphill. You don't even know. Pray for it. I mean, what? I don't. Because <laughs> we got to deal with you. Shan Hemphill from Works, dot com is yes. with us in the studio, and Man. we're going to have a good time with him. Yes, we're talking about Rittenhouse's show. situation, more, situation awareness, I know. defensive tactics. We, we need more of that. As you guys know, this is uh, we just Black Friday just happened. Oh, and so tomorrow's what? What do they call it? Cyber white Monday? Monday? Cyber Monday? White Monday? White Monday? It's because Black only Friday, only white, white people Monday. know how to get on the Man, internet. Is I that know. what it is? Since <laughs> everything's race now, might as well be white. What about white. Hispanic Tuesday? Cyber Monday? It's coming? You know, Hispanic Tuesday. Because <laughs> of tacos on a Tuesday. Taco um, Tuesday. So you know, we're encouraging you guys during the month of, of December. We got this nice man box that we're kind of pairing up with those who join a uh, silver and above. Yeah. Uh, we are changing out the mugs because if you look at this mug, give me that, give me that light right there. If you look at the mug, look at it just right, and the logo is over here. <sighs> so the company that we're working with, didn't we tell him uh, not to do this? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Pray for but us. What I said, what I say is, we actually ordered um, some new mugs that are going to go out to our man box and everything. And they so you're actually, actually going to get two mugs. Yeah, that's you're going to get the old one. You're going to you know take it camping. Yeah, you know it's a great mug. It's, it's just, just the logo. They went. Yeah. Anyways. But, but the the new mug I actually ordered with it, it's actually the ten version of the camping oh. mug. I'm I actually wanted that originally, but this was just a well, better situation. Shan, at Shan the time, said so. that this mug is what. This could be a deadly weapon. <laughs> okay, so we, we basically is the other one going to be kind of like that too? Is it still going to be a deadly weapon? Get uh, yeah, it's metal. Hey, we're doing a show it's here. It's metal. We're, yeah, we're doing okay. a show. Oh, I'm, I'm getting ready for the next. I've already moved on. Well, so, now you'll have so one deadly club, weapon. And also, uh, go to RowdyChristian.com, and you can actually order a nice bracelet for your wife or your lady friend in your life. It should be your wife at this point. Um, <laughs> fight, laugh, feast, bracelet. Pretty excited Whoa. about that. RowdyChristian.com for that. And it's Cyber Monday. And speaking of Cyber Monday, the Reform Sage. Sage. I don't even know what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm Reform Sage loves biblical theology, evangelism, and coffee. They sell really cool merchandise with a strong Reformed message and amazing. No, really, it is. Coffee. Their desire is that our merchandise and coffee can be a conversation starter with those around you who don't know Christ. Mm-hmm. And through conversations about a design around a cup of Reformed roasters, sanctified beans may lead them to an understanding of the knowledge of God, visit Reformed Sage website at www.reformedsage.com where they receive 10% off promo code for first-time buyers. What's the promo code? Yeah, what is the promo code? Doesn't say. You gotta sign up on the email. Merry yes, Christmas, you, you filthy sinners. <laughs> Romans three twenty three. Hey, I got a alien righteousness. I don't know what he's talking about. I do love their mugs though. Look at at that. This is great. Okay, Okay, what's that? I can do all things through a verse taken out of context. Oh, (laughs) there we go. (laughs) (laughs) I like these. These fast chargers. When they were at our conference, I loaded up on all this stuff. What is that? So it's a wireless charger. It's a rapid wireless charger. Pretty nice tomato plug. You want that, Toby? You can have that if you want. Wait, wait, hold on. You already got one. This is for the studio though. I know, but but Toby's a pastor. Boy, wife. Here you go, here you go, Toby. You can have it. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> there we go. White it, is, it is White Monday. <laughs> I see what's going what on. It is. Not even White Monday and, yet. And, and, and phone cases and everything. Well, how about that, that? So this past Sunday in Waukesha, <laughs> Waukesha, <laughs> Waukesha, Wyoming. Uh, no, it's Wisconsin. Uh, it, Wisconsin, not Wyoming. <laughs> 
He worked so hard I, on that. I did. I, <laughs> <laughs> this is a segue into a news segment. That's what we're working great, on right great. now. Let's do that. We're getting there. Um, uh, actually, a very tragic yeah. um, uh, uh, event happened. Um, Daryl Brooks allegedly drove his SUV into Christmas Parade in Waukesha, uh, yeah. uh, Wisconsin, um, killing now six people. Originally, right. it was five. It was another five, another yeah. one died six. Some Super. Some are kids. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Injured um, dozens, but this is this is not the first time Brooks has done anything wrong. He has a whole rap sheet yes. that, that goes back. Yeah. He's currently pending on two charges in Milwaukee County. Uh, 2020 CF 2550. He's charged with two counts: second degree recklessly endangering safety while armed, and one count of felon in possession of a firearm. The date of that offense, or excuse me, all three offenses, is July 24, 2020 believed he was uh, arrested shortly after that incident and remained in custody in the Milwaukee County Jail until released on bail there for uh, reasons of a speedy trial violation on March 3 of 2021. Bail at that time was lowered from uh, $7,500 cash bail to $500 cash bail. <laughs> in that COVID. case, Your Honor, it is alleged that he got into a fight with his nephew uh, the defendant uh, fired one round from a handgun toward the vehicle that his nephew was in. The vehicle was occupied by another person, and that uh, accounts for the two charges of reckless endangering safety. What? Pause that real quick. The next day, he was taken. I let her finish. The next day, he was taken into custody. I think she says into custody, and the residence where he was located. Uh, he was found to have a loaded nine millimeter handgun just a few feet away from him. Okay. So this is, it's funny watching Shan's face because we've all heard the clip of watching Shan's face. He's like, what in the world? I mean, so you take a gun, can you just fire a gun anywhere you want? Uh, it breaks safety rules, right? So you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a no, no. Let's yeah. put it simply. But, yes. I mean, reckless no. endangerment, I would have thought it'd been an attempted murder though. You know, if you're taking a weapon and you're pointing it in a direction of someone right. and then you're pulling the trigger, the intent, as soon as you pull a gun is to yeah. stop a, right. a threat ne in, in a deadly a gun way. Never something you're not willing when, to kill. Is attempted murder a biblical category? Attempted murder? Well, you have. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you if I think you, so, yeah. If, if you aimed a gun and shot somebody in the leg, and but you, you know, you were you were attempting to kill him, yeah. But, but so should somebody be put to death for attempted murder? No, not for not for that. You you would actually they would be put to death for what they actually they would be punished punished for what, they, for what they, actually they actually did. Arm, arm for an arm, leg for leg. Make, yeah. make right. restitution yeah. for yeah. what yeah. it was. But they you got to finish this clip. Yeah. I mean, Here we go. Yeah. Handgun was previously reported stolen. <laughs> of course, and he was a convicted felon on that date, so mm. that accounts for the third charge. He's also currently pending in Milwaukee County case number 21 CF 4596. That has a date of offense of November 2, 2021. A month ago, or weeks He's ago. charged there with resisting, obstructing, felony bail jumping, second degree reckless endangering safety in a domestic violence situation, domestic DC and domestic battery. The allegations in that case, Your Honor, are that he struck the mother of his child in the face with a closed fist. Mm. Then as she was walking away from him, he intentionally ran her over with his vehicle. Whoa. The vehicle in that matter described as what's believed to be the same maroon 2010 Ford Escape used in the wow. allegations in this case. Wow. Police went to his home and found him getting out of that Ford Escape. 
the defendant ignored their commands to stop and he tried to run into the house before he was apprehended. Well, they didn't just shoot him? <laughs> at at that know? point? They didn't, that's so some restraint. this guy has a rap sheet that goes back to like 1999? Yeah. yeah or what, what's a public? Since he was 17. Since he was 17. Yeah. But the, the one that he's a felon on, what is it? In 2006... Uh, he was convicted of felony statutory sexual uh, seduction for impregnating a 15-year-old girl. So, but so back in 2006, they probably should have given this guy the death penalty. We knew this guy was a bad dude. Okay, so that was yes, but here's <laughs> I think I reported this on the news brief. We've been talking about this since the since the beginning of COVID. You cannot forget. What we did with the shutdowns, this is an absolute fruit. And just draw a line right. from COVID shutdowns, disrupting the whole court system to make a backlog of 1,600 felons that gives us now the fruit of this man driving on our streets and killing our children right. and injuring over 40 people. Right. Your government shutdown yeah. did that. Your government shutdown and leading that. directly to the release of violent Criminals. And this is only the beginning. Violent fe felons. You remember when James Coates went yes. to, to, to federal prison or whatever they call it in yeah. Canada, prison. Yeah. In commie prison. In yeah. I think is what they call it now in Canada. <laughs> they're, they're re James is going in and they're releasing they, sexual they, pedophiles. They, they released into a the sexual uh, predator yeah. with right. a public warning that yeah. he was likely to recommit offenses yeah. on the very same day from the very same prison that James, uh, Coates. James Coates was taken into custody. Pastor James for, for having, worshiping. Having church services um, illegally so, in Canada. Yeah. Uh, which is insane. Okay, but So here's the thing that was really important. We are seeing the breakdown of our society in so many different ways. And one of the reasons is, is that it can't hold anything together. If you, you A table can't hold anything together if you don't have four legs for it to stand on. Sure. And so the four legs that a society stands on is self-government, government of the family, government of the church, government of the civil magistrate. Okay. Right, right. And, and right now, the, one of the first governments I want to deal with is he can't govern himself. Mm -hmm. And the first place that notify, that notices that he can't govern himself is the family. Right. When you have his first conviction, I think is seventeen years old. Yeah. Like when you have a seventeen-year-old acting this kind of way that you have to get the civil metrics. That's involved, mom and dad's. That's mom and dad's fault yep. from the beginning. They yep. they failed. We are always as theonomists catching heat because we in the Bible it says that you're supposed to stone children. Do you believe in that? <laughs> Yes. Le le yeah. Listen to that rap sheet again. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, impregnating this 15-year-old girl. Right. Try, uh, punching the mother of his child in the face. Running to, her over. Trying, did you catch that in the in the clip? He tried to run. He run a he, woman he, over. He did run her over. Uh, That's what it said. Um, his less, baby's mama. Less than a month ago. And, and was taken into custody and then apparently released. Yes. In, yes. in order that, so that he could run over more people. And so you have the family that should have said, we have a problem for ourselves right. in our family, right. and he's going to be a problem to society. Right. Let's call for the elders. Hey, Pastor Toby, yeah. my son is, is out of whack, man, right. and I'm trying to get- He's and, dangerous. Could you help me? Yes. Okay, he, it's not being helped, so then now what do you do as a church? Yeah. Well, I mean, you get the, you start warning people for, I mean, as a right. church, I mean, the church's job is to teach everyone what God's word says about everything. 
and, and out there. So family, yeah. you give advice to the family. Here's some other things. Have you tried this? Have you tried this? Um, obviously, there would be room for pastoral counseling. But as he's resistant, he's he's not listening. Then you start calling on the civil magistrate to do their mm. part. But you're also warning people publicly. I mean, and and this is when you have a when you have a breakdown of community. Um, that's part of the, the the challenge here is is when everything is atomized. You're just mm. these BBs yeah. rolling around in a, in a society, and you're, there's no cohesion. There's no unity. There's no covenant. Um, it, mm. it matters a lot less when, when the pastor says, Hey guys, y'all watch out. Y'all, yeah. you all need to watch out for this guy. He's dangerous. Don't be doing business with him. Yeah. Um, don't let your kids around him. Yeah. Um, but when, when there's cohesion that matters. Yeah. Um, but I think public rebuke, public, um, warnings, yeah. obviously you walk through steps of church discipline and, and, and putting them outside the church and in a, in a Christian community, a Christian society that matters. And it real, and it, and it is, uh, it's there. It's real discipline, um, but you're also calling upon the the magistrate to begin doing his. Because you're seeing that there's a breakdown yeah, from. Right. But this guy's dangerous. You need to take care of this. No self government. Family didn't deal with it. Yeah. Church didn't deal with it, and so now you come to the civil magistrate, the last place mm-hmm. before this goes insane, and yeah. they didn't deal with it. Right. They acted just like That's the right. family, just like the church, yeah. and just they like the individual. Yeah. And so now what we have is yeah. a situation where people are dying because. Somebody didn't hold to what the scripture talked about about stoning unruly yeah. children. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And so, yeah. and and what's crazy at the oh, go ahead. I'm don't, sorry, Pastor. Don't ever be ashamed of God's word. That's right. That's right. Don't ever be ashamed when they come mocking and saying, "Look, it says this crazy law in the Old Testament." You say, "Look, look, look at our world. Look at our country. Look at our land. How's that working out for you?" Yeah. Yes. I mean, you know, sixty million babies dead. How's that working out for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm standing with God's word. I'm, I'm totally good with this law. And, yeah. and you, yeah, and just so people don't lose their minds in this, because you can see how it's going to be taken out of context. When we're talking about unruly children, the Bible actually gives a description of what type of kid that is. I'm talking about a this drunkard. Dude. I'm talking about Daryl Brooks. <laughs> That's exactly. Yeah. Amen. I'm not amen. talking about some eight-year-old throwing I'm, I'm, a fit I'm at Walmart. I'm talking about a serial pedophile. I'm talking about That's a right. serial. I mean, this is criminal, violent felon. That's and, what we're talking about. And so now... If I think the case is scheduled for January 17th yep. is when they're yep. going to have yep. his, his, his case. But here's the biggest problem. In, in Wisconsin, there is no death penalty. Oh, yeah. And so if this guy is convicted and found guilty yeah. of his multiple, um, yeah. multiple uh, murder charges on him right now, yeah. the problem is he's going to be arrested and the victims are going to have to pay for his lifestyle for the rest of his life. Yep. And the cable TV he gets in jail. So All of that. Yeah. He, they're going to have to pay for his food, his clothing. And so even if the justice system operates, we're at a place right at the, now. At the best it can do at in the Wisconsin. the best it can do in Wisconsin, justice still won't ultimately be served yeah. because he's going to be alive. Yeah. All the people that have been injured that's white, that's, for him. That's white supremacy right there. That's a white, <laughs> white <laughs> racial justice system right there, right? I mean, to the extent that white justice means injustice and oppression. That's a bunch of white yeah. justice right there. Remember, a bunch so, of white guys condemned, you know, all these babies to murder Roe versus Wade. That's white justice. So another another case I think that, that's that happened this past week. This is Thanksgiving. That happened this past Thanksgiving week was yes. the Maud Arbery case. Yes. yes. So Rittenhouse, the, the which we're going to get to Rittenhouse in, in the next segment, but uh, he got all the attention. That case tended to get all the attention while kind of the Maud Arbery case was only kind of, I think, really live streamed on CNN. That was it. Yeah. But anyways, uh, the conviction was handed down um, this past week. Avis McMichael. Guilty. Count two, felony murder. We, the jury, find the defendant, Travis McMichael, guilty. Count three, felony murder. We, the jury, find the defendant, Travis McMichael, guilty. Count four, felony murder. 
We, the jury, find the defendant, Travis McMichael, guilty. Count five, felony murder. We, the jury, find the defendant, Travis McMichael, guilty. Count six, aggravated assault. We, the jury, find the defendant, Travis McMichael, guilty. Count seven, aggravated assault. We, the jury, find the defendant, Travis McMichael, guilty. Count eight, false imprisonment. We, the jury, find the defendant, Travis McMichael, guilty. Count nine, criminal attempt to commit a felony. Mm. We, the jury, find the defendant, Travis McMichael, guilty. Dated this 24th day of November, 2021. So it, was about, it took jury about 10 hours of uh, deliberation they, there. They did not oh, have this 25 hours like the Travis, other case. No, no. Travis was the son. Travis McMichael. He was the 35-year-old. That's him right here. Yes. Yeah. He was guilty on all nine, nine charges. He's the one that fired the shotgun. Uh, his father, Gregory Michael, he was 65. He was found not guilty of malice of murder, which is the first charge that was right. brought up here. He was found not guilty of that, but found guilty of all the other charges. Right. And then mm -hmm. Brian, who's 52 years old, he was the guy that was – Driving behind, Rody, yeah, you know, Brian, yep, yeah. driving behind and kind of videotaping everything. Yeah, uh, he was found guilty of three accounts of felony murder, one count of aggravated assault, false imprisonment, and criminal criminal attempt to commit a felony. He was not convicted of, of malice of murder and one count of felony right. murder charges, and then one count of the one of the, he was the aggravated he was assaults. Third party that was watching, he wasn't yep. helping, uh, but he did kind of block. Ahmad with the vehicle so that was at one of, point okay so that, that was, was part well yeah. I mean that was the way that he was a part of the the train of what was going on yeah. it was kind of he was an active mm -hmm. participant he was an active participant that's exactly right so ba based on what I saw and watching the trial and of course we talked about this when it all dropped yeah along, and, it, and it dropped in an odd way well you remember yeah so uh, mama the, mama had to push charges well I, I this needs to get talked about more yeah, so everybody is it, this. They missing what's happening with Ahmaud Arbery. Um, I always say right now, Black Lives Matter. I'm not a fan of them at all. I know what they're here to do. They want to reorganize and reimagine uh, America, revolution. and they want a revolution. Yeah. It's clear if, if you're going to yeah. channel um, Anthony and JoJo when Rittenhouse is 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 not convicted and pronounced innocent, you are on the wrong side of justice. So right. make no mistake about it. Right. But I do want to say there are some observations that even Rittenhouse had to say when he was interviewed. Interviewed with, uh, with, with Tucker Carlson that's yeah. like, hold on, look at my uh, uh, prosecuting attorney. They gave me the business. Yep. You mean to tell me our judicial system is perfect? Uh-uh. Right. You yep. know, and I had to go to this. And I think that there is something. So in, in uh, Brunswick, uh, Georgia, this case happened. I think Ahmad was shot February 23rd yep. in yep. 2020. Yep. Right. But the, there were no charges brought until May. Because and the, the, only the police reason, chief, the DA... The well, cops were all kind of covering for these guys. The, a little well, bit. I was I, I want to put it on the DA first. The, the yeah. police chief had his own problems. They were already knee deep in a, their own conspiracy, and because they were, yeah. had some stuff going on. They uh, were covering they were, up one of their cops was sleeping around with, with an yeah with, with an a, informant an informant. And they were yeah. covering that up. It's and almost so, like if when you're sinning, you can't see clearly. <laughs> And because of that, they couldn't see this case. And so, well, actually, it was two uh, prosecuting attorneys, I believe the, um, what's her name, uh, Jackie Johnson. She recused herself in the beginning of this when it first happened because the Michaels actually called her. And and so, and he, and it actually worked for her in her office. So okay. she had to recuse, so she herself. recuse herself. Yeah, but George, then the case went to George E. Barnhill. He was district attorney in Waycross, Georgia. He recused himself later, but before he recused himself, because the uh, Michaels actually worked for him at some point too, 
he wrote a defense basically of of why they were innocent and it wouldn't be worth bringing the case. And he basically said that they were in the process of self-defense. They could legally carry their firearms and Ahmaud Arbery attacked them. Mm. Now, that's what the D.A. wrote to the police. Wow. So they didn't press charges. OK. Yeah. So and then it was it wasn't until the DA actually recused himself until Mama Aubrey said, right. "Wait a second, these boys worked for you. Yeah, you can't you right. you have a conflict of interest here." I mean, no, notice kind of like as we were talking about this, it's, it's almost like a, a complete inverse of the Rittenhouse situation where you've got you've got yep. guys, um, you know, chasing this guy down. Yep. yep. Um, ultimately, gunning him down. And um and and they're and they're and they're they're saying there's nothing here there's nothing here right it was self defense you know, like but they're chasing him does he have a gun no he doesn't have a gun have they've a gun. got guns they got the car they're you know talking about driving you know it's like and, <laughs> yeah. and, and there's like oh there's nothing here nothing he here. has no guns and he's then, running and away then you've got you've got video footage that we're gonna yeah. look at in the next segment of every possible angle of a kid getting chased down and he turns and and it, offers defense and they're and they're like. Um, that guy's the, the he's the, the aggressor. He's, he's the, the aggressor. aggressor. <laughs> um, you know, charge That's him right. with everything right now immediately. Yeah, there's this complete inversion where it's like months and months of no, no. We're we're, we're pretty sure they didn't do anything. Yeah, and there's video footage of them chasing that guy down. So this, so for this this case, I think they handed down the correct verdict to yeah. Travis. Uh, they found him guilty of basically murder. They had multiple counts, but basically they found him guilty of murder. Um, but. I I kind of start kind of going through the other scenarios and start kind of thinking like I I don't know if I think that they should be convicted of murder like the dad I mean now they're involved they should be punished for something the, the reckless endangerment the imprisonment the what, you dad know. initiated the whole process yeah. he initiated the whole process remember part of the thing that the district attorney argued for the for the Michaels was that in order for them to pursue, they had to see, you can do a citizen's arrest, but you have to see the crime happening, right? Mm -hmm. And if it's a felony crime, I believe you can pursue. If it's not a felony crime, if you see it, you can engage only up to a point. They have to claim that they saw Ahmad do something that was criminal. Mm -hmm. The father is making that claim, instituting to his son to gr go, let's grab this guy. This is the guy, right? And so he's initiating the whole thing. His son is not acting on knowledge that he knows. His son is trusting his father's knowledge mm -hmm. of the situation to be able to make the pursuit and engage. Mm -hmm. So the father, in one way or another, is a person who is almost like, I mean, I, I don't know a better way to do it, but he's the one who is claiming knowledge of the situation almost. But clearly in the defense, his defense, he was not able to convince the jury that he was was actually acting under those circumstances. They changed their stories more than one time on on the yep. bench. So there you go. That's, that's so yep. from, that, that, from that, what the written testimony was. Right. So one of the principles that's going on here is 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 one of is in the counts you've got uh, malice murder and then yeah. you've got felony murder and and part of what we're drawing off of here in the history of of biblical law and western canon law um, is it goes all the way back actually to the difference between murder and manslaughter in the Old Testament code. Um, and in, in one, in Deuteronomy, it, it uses the example of the guy, it says if he's chopping wood out in the, in the forest and his ax head flies off and hits his brother yeah. and his brother dies, um, he didn't intend to harm him. Um, that that's not murder. 
Um, but if there's someone who is, thinks he did kill his friend, then he can run to a, a city of refuge right. where he can be protected. The same thing is at work in, in Numbers 35. Um, it's talking about the cities uh, of refuge, and it says um, that if uh, anyone kills any person without intent, they may flee there to the cities of refuge. But if you stri- if he struck him down with an iron object so that he died, he's mm. a murderer. Uh, the murderer shall be put to death. If he struck him down with a stone tool that could cause death, he mm. di- and he died, he's a murderer. If a murder, uh, the murderer shall be put to death. If he struck him down with a wooden tool that could cause death, and he died, he's a murderer. The murderer should be put to death. The avenger of blood shall himself put the murderer to death. When he meets him, he shall mm. put him to death. And if he pushed him out of hatred, so even shoving, um, or hurled something at him, lying in wait so that he died, or in enmity struck him down with his hand so that he died, so even with just your fist, then he who struck the blow shall be put to death. He is a murderer. The avenger of blood shall put the murder of death, uh, murder to death when he meets him. But if he pushed him sudden, suddenly without enmity, so you bumped into him, um, or you hurled at some, him, at something at him without lying in wait, or used a stone that could cause death without seeing him, right. dropped it on him so that he died, though he was not his enemy, and he did not seek his harm, then the congregation shall judge between the manslayer and the avenger of blood in accordance with these rules. So it's basically kind of accident versus right. I intentionally was going to punch him right. or hurt him, and right. then you killed him. Right, and so, and so I think in this case, the distinction that the Georgia law is trying to make between malice murder, that's your intentional, like, I hated him, I t- tried to kill him, and then pulled the trigger and killed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then felony murder is you, you have these other guys involved who really were trying to harm the guy. Right, they, right. They, um, whether they thought in the heat of the moment that they were doing good or whatever, nevertheless, uh, they were they were trying to harm the guy. They were involved in that, and so I think that's what that Georgia law is trying to get at. And the key distinction here is intention to harm. Obviously, yeah. there's accidental harm that can happen, um, and and that's what you know we call manslaughter, um, and that's but that's different than murder. And that's what the biblical law code uh, begins to unpack here in Numbers and Deuteronomy. And it's what the Western law code has honored for centuries. I think we need to go back and read that again and again and again. Numbers 35. Because here's the deal. When you listen to that, all of a sudden, everything that we think we see in movies and all these court cases, we're like, I I can get away with this, get away with that. Like, have you you read God's word and how high he values human life? Right. You need to go back to the beginning of this because then it makes you start saying, how do I de-escalate a situation? Right, right. <laughs> How do I, you know, right. so how do I love my neighbor? Right, exactly. Yeah. So, no. You know, one of the things that in this case, there are a lot of people when we first start talking about this, there are some principles we have biblically already. Somebody in the daytime breaks into your house. You don't get to kill them unless it escalates to a particular situation and you aren't allowed to escalate it there. The other one was if somebody breaks in your house at night, you're vulnerable. You have the right at that point to exercise with deadly force. But if somebody, the way that the laws kind of run too, do you even recommend people chasing folks who steal from you? No, absolutely not. <laughs> really? Right? I mean, if somebody stole from you, it's stuff. Let it go. Really? And let the person go. <laughs> let, let the person go, right? I mean, lots of bad things happen when people try to confront others, right? I mean, right. case like this. Great, you tried to pursue them, and you end up you end up uh, they turning on you. How about they turn on you and kill you, or you turn on them and kill them and find out it was just over nothing? So the law is long established that you can't try to protect property with deadly force, and that's that's back to that's a back to biblical law, which 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 required um, maximum penalties are eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Meaning, if someone's harming your property then the maximum penalty would be that that amount of property is paid back to you. 
Or but but what are the chances time. that in the process of you trying to get back whatever your tooth, <laughs> you know, right, they, right. Um, that you know your eye gets taken out, your head gets taken off? I mean, mm. the, the, these the whole point, and then Jesus is actually getting at this in in the in the Sermon on the Mount when he says, "You've heard it said, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, but I say to you, love your enemies." Um, the point of it was he was to say he was saying not setting that aside, but he was saying the whole point of that law that magistrates are required to obey still to this day. The whole point of it, though, was to put a heavy damper on personal vengeance. Mm, you're, that's right. It's not right. your job to get vengeance. Yep. Leave vengeance to the, the Lord. Lord. Yep. He will repay. And how does he repay? Well, that's at the end of Romans 12. And then you just keep reading right into Romans 13. And it says the civil magistrates given the sword as God's minister of vengeance. So yeah. that's the that's the magistrate's job. Call the police. Don't chase the guy who's you know got stole your mp3 player <laughs> so is Are it those even a thing anymore <laughs> is, is it werkz.com forward slash cross politic right amen brother okay that's where i want everybody to go right now during the break check it out get cyber you, monday get you a holster and a light to go with your gun and then come back we're going to break down rittenhouse's whole escape and self-defense with shan from works more cross politic coming up next hi i'm robert borton ceo of classical conversations our most precious commodity is time. No one has ever lied on their deathbed wishing they had spent more time making money. They all wish they had spent more time creating a legacy. Our modern education system steals that legacy, steals that time from our children. That's why I'm passionate about homeschooling. That's why at Classical Conversations we want to give you more time to create that legacy, follow your passions, and glorify God. Visit classicalconversations.com for more information. He makes me a little nervous. Could you make sure he's keep an eye, keep an eye on him? Got Shan. all the safety stuff right. <laughs> Am I doing something wrong already? <laughs> yes. He's like, he's yes. like, uh, <laughs> don't point this at anybody. <laughs> oh look, he's the prosecutor of Rittenhouse over here. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Cross Politic on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Shan and his team. This is Shan of Shan and his team. We've been reading this ad for weeks now. Yep. And you're like, who's this Shan guy? He's here. He's in, in studio. studio with us. Shan and his team at works specialize in concealed carry holsters for pistols with lights this is the this is this is him this is it they believe here every defensive pistol should have a light and a holster Mm -hmm. they currently offer holsters for a thousand two hundred and seventy four pistol and light combinations not enough plus can help outfit your pistol with a light maybe gabe you should ask him about getting your light fixed i I did i did well no i didn't ask Uh, neil actually helped me install my light correctly that you gave Uh, me because he he came in the studio earlier today and it was not installed correctly shall we say it looked like it though (laughs) that's not good enough all appearances are all that matters right (laughs) oh man hey and feelings (laughs) we'll get there ouch um you can actually have a holster finder so you can go to works.com uh forward slash cross politic and um be prepared to defend day and night. And I'll tell you what. I think I think Shan's got me convinced. After Neil helped me install my light correctly. Correctly. On on my nine, I got a Glock nine seventeen. Yeah. And everything. We see. Um, uh, yeah. I, I got it right here. I got yeah. it right here. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, 
It, it it's it's pretty smooth on how that yeah. light. You can fits. actually had, you can actually reach the light now, can't you? I know. My, I had it stalled at the very end of the gun because it looked like it just kind of fit at the front of the gun. Oh, had that, you know, had that little lip on it that kind of yeah yeah. yeah so you did the thing where if you shot with it, it would eject itself off the front. Yeah, <laughs> yeah prob- probably. It's probably it actually ejected yep. itself off the front when he tried to pull it out of his holster. Yeah, and I'm like, man, this just doesn't seem right. And Neil <laughs> Neil took it. Anyway, thank you, but, Neil. But works.com. So it's that pretty, was his first. He was like, wait a second. It came off when I pulled it out. Yeah, I was like, ah, so I'm, I'm glad so. that you're close by him. Shan is <laughs> yeah. the founder of Works LLC, which equips citizens and professionals with holsters for their light bearing his pistols, which we just talked about. Mm-hmm. He's carried concealed since 1990, Whoa. which is like before we were born. For the OJ I'm trial. Just, I'm just kidding. It's where we were born for that. Yeah. And started Works in 2010 out of a passion for designing holster solutions, realizing the lack of quality holsters for pistols with lights. Shan focused the company on providing light bearing holsters. Shan's high-tech engineering background helps drive detailed improvements in both the design and manufacturing of light-bearing holsters. He established Low Light Defense, which you can actually go to lowlightdefense.com, which is kind of like Shan's blog of sorts. We're writing articles about um, research too. Like research. research. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's real data in there. We've got like yeah. laboratory equipment around lights that actually can measure all the light output of the light that you've got on yeah. your pistol, for instance. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Yeah. So he, he established that to provide the community with quantifiable and unbiased information on a weapon and handheld lights. So he's just trying to give you the data you can see for yourself. Um, Shandles a bachelor of science in computer science and MBA it's a what? master yep. business administration. I didn't know the MBA and, and, a, <laughs> and a juris doctor. I knew that. I was already I was already feeling like a fool when I knew and about the, the doctor thing. Now a, I feel even. What, what what position in the MBA? He's he's a member of the Oregon State Bar. Oh my goodness! Really? Oh, that's okay. Yeah, you, you tell me that. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about that. So it's like business, legal, and and he can write you a computer science. Program, yes, software, <laughs> yes, or systems, yes. So uh, we, you came in the studio. What was it? When was it? Last Wednesday? Yeah. Last Thursday? Yeah, Something I think like it, that, last yeah. Thursday. I think it was. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, and, and so we were talking a little bit about Rittenhouse trial, what was going on, and just a little bit about how well managed Rittenhouse was and the training that was going through. And and, and in that process, I was like, man, wh- why don't you come on the show right. and walk us through kind of the whole situation of Rittenhouse from the beginning to end? And I'd love to get just your insights on what happened, tactical things that he could have done better, how we need to engage. You know, should we have even been out there in the first place? All that. I, I kind of want to just hear, hear you, somebody yeah. who's a specialist in this, deal with the, the, the situation. Well, so. Yeah, and when we look at the situation, there's a lot of people have been talking about should he have been there at all or not. You know, that comes down to a personal decision, right? You can be there. You can be trying to defend property. You can be trying to put out fires like that's he all was, legal. right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's all legal, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe he was a little bit naive about the amount of danger he was actually in, <laughs> Yeah. right? I yeah. mean, you could, you could fault sure. the kid for that, sure. but... Man, when he was making decisions in the heat of the moment, I I don't know if I could make decisions mm. so good. Wow! Right? I mean, the night the tension's been building all night, and then he runs to the other car source with yeah. a fire extinguisher, and he's running and walking all this distance, and then he gets ambushed. I mean, yeah, we could we can see the video here yeah, if let's you take want. His, take yeah, take us some of these clips. Yeah. And, and, uh, Hello. 
Yeah, uh, hold on there for a second. You know, this is this is kind of interesting, right? And this video calls out this so-called first shooter, which is it's almost like there's somebody walking around with a handgun that is trying to escalate the situation, mm. right? And you'll see here in a minute when Rittenhouse is being chased, this guy lets off a shot up into the air, apparently, because nobody's able to find it. But he lets off a shot up into the air. And that's part of what caused Rittenhouse to turn around when he did, right? I mean, he's in full sprint trying to get away from, from Rosenbaum. Yep. Yeah. And then he turns around because he thinks he's getting shot at, which is you also see him do the same thing at the very end of the videos, right? right. After after all this is done, he's trying to final finally turn himself in. Yeah. So, you know, I'm wondering where the heck this shooter is. Right. That, yeah, who's that, that guy? Yeah, who because is he? Because he, he actually agitated the situation to the point that, which is it safe to say that Rittenhouse thought that he was being fired upon, and so he retaliated at that moment. You think? Yeah, he even he even testified that you know I heard a shot and I turned around. Yes, and at that point Rosenbaum was on him. Yeah. Right. So right. Keep on going. So the orders the orders you hear about yelling no cameras. Mm -hmm. White boys. So you can, uh, for people who are listening via audibly, the video is kind of highlighting what's going on. And this and is this is this is uh, Jay is Joseph Joseph Rosenbaum and K is Kyle. Kyle. That's correct. House. Okay. And so you can see him. Uh, Joseph's been chasing him already Kyle. in this clip. Yeah. Uh, for uh, uh, you know, ten seconds, twenty seconds, whatever it is. There's Richie with the guy at the gun. Going into the car dealership. Yeah, Richie is Richie McGinnis, who's there's actually charges against Kyle for him, and he actually his testimony was actually pretty much in favor of of Kyle. Okay. Okay. Right. So, yeah, he was uh, he was a reporter. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. So right, yeah, right here you see like Kyle's running Away and he's being chased. Yep. And actually, you see, yeah, and, and so he's running, he's being chased. He turns around one time to see what the distance we'll is. see that in this video, I yeah. think. Yeah. And right, right here, you can see that, yep, Kyle's getting kind of bunched up in the cars there, and Rosenbaum is almost on him. And the testimony from the court was that he was diving and maybe even put his hands on the weapon. Right now, here Kyle is, right in a unfriendly environment. There's there's fires going on. There's been people. I mean, in the other drone footage, you can see guys stomping something like twenty feet from him. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is a bad, bad environment. He's ran. He's very volatile. You yeah. know, he's ran into, you know, presumably thinking, "Hey, I'm going to put out a fire, do a good thing," and now he's he's in it. Right. Mm. There's the so, shots. So again, for those who are listening audibly, uh, it looked like uh, Joseph finally reached out his arms for Kyle, right. and that's when Kyle shot. Yeah, so that's. I think that's pretty good there. That. It, what was that? Oh wait a minute. Yeah, those, are, those are gunshots. Yeah. in another place. 
Is her other? Yep. Because Kyle's already running around the vehicle, right? Yeah. 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 And he runs around and he's he's he he's, comes right back around. Yeah. He circles back around. Because he yeah, so he's he's thinking at this point, do I administer aid? I think Kyle. There's another. If, if you keep playing, go ahead. You can see Kyle actually jump on his phone at this point to call in what had happened, right? So you right. see him jump yeah. on the phone. He's calling. Yep. He's doing something. He's trying to figure out how to help him in some way. Um, and then he supposedly hears, right? Hey, get him. He just shot somebody. Yeah, he's he's hearing the crowd say, "Get him!" Right? I mean, this this is other drone footage, and it's it's actually pretty good too, but. And so in this one, you see them running at the right side of the screen. Yeah. The yeah. You can see Rosenbaum throws a bag at him. Yep. Kyle just turns around in presentation, but he doesn't point directly at him. No. He's trying to figure out what's going on. And Rosenbaum so right, Boom, right there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and Richie McGinnis, who's again, the, the daily caller uh, reporter, he's, he, he says, yeah, you know what? Uh, Kyle kept his weapon at low ready until the point where Rosenbaum was lunging at him, basically in contact distance. Yeah, you're in a riotous situation. Yeah, you're alone. You're armed, and somebody's trying to take your weapon. That to me seems like justification for self defense because you know that you know that you're, it's going to end up yeah. badly, if at least hit- with severe bodily injury. Right. Probably with death, even if somebody takes away your weapon in a situation like this and and throws it away, whatever, you now have no way to protect yourself in a riotous situation. We know from history that those can often end up deadly. You don't don't need a gun to kill somebody. It it seems like in this situation, again, my instinct is to think through, you know, I'm curious to bounce some of the sort of biblical principles off of you. As you're thinking about this, um, I'm thinking of things like, um, you mentioned earlier the law that re- that that ordinarily, if we're talking about just your property being stolen, we would say you can't you don't use deadly force to stop your property from being stolen. Not during the day, not yeah, when the lights uh, on, unless it's dark, and that's that's a biblical law. And the point is, is because in the dark you don't know what their intention is. That's right. And it's okay in situations for self defense to assume the worst. It's your house. It's dark. Now, if you've got one of these works lights on your pistol, then maybe you can see what's going on. But, but nevertheless, <laughs> you, you better know what's going on. Yes. You, the, the law still holds you accountable yes. for knowing what's going on. But so, mm. but if somebody's trying to steal your gun, and that's not—it's not just property in that sense. In that sense, it's property, but it's also—it's lethal property, and you don't know what their intention is. It's it's like being in the dark in a certain way. It's it would seem to me that would be the principle that worked there where you're where the where the bi- I think you know what their intention is. I actually think that yeah. if somebody's trying to take your weapon, yeah. you know they what they want to use intention. it against you. They, yeah. they want to use it against yeah. you or they want to disarm you so that they can do that overpowering you. That severe life-threatening harm. If everybody knows this, if a police officer has his gun reached for by any individual, yeah. what is he to think? Right. If you're reaching He's for your d- gun, your life is in danger. Your yeah, life, their is, life in is in danger. danger. That's right. exactly right. right. And so that's the, that's the principle no then by that. which you then are able to take self-defensive measures. Yes. And Kyle waited till the absolute last second. I mean, you, you go go on the internet, you get in a bunch of people that comment, yeah, that's one thing. But you know, I've read comments by more established defensive people, and they're like, he waited maybe even two long right to deploy Mm. this sort of defensive you know force right 
Which is to his benefit in this particular situation. It is right. because the prosecutor ran him through the ringer, and if there was any sort of crack in his in his decision making, and that's yeah, that's what we talked about last week. Is I'm amazed how he waited till the absolute last second, and then those four shots were actually able to disable what it was apparently a determined attacker. Yeah, right. And a fairly athletic attacker. He was gaining on on Rittenhouse fairly quickly yes. in that drone video. Right. Fairly athletic attacker who was older, perhaps uh-huh. more capable, yeah. you know, yeah. trying to take away his weapon. And who Boy, liked kids? <laughs> he liked kids. But, 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 well, but, thanks, yeah, but he yeah. also but also the, the, the point being he, he fired those those shots and they hit his target. They hit his target in a way that disabled his target, right? right? I mean there's a lot of times where you shoot somebody that it does not disable them. Right. You know, that yeah. uh, despite what the movies tell you, right. a handgun shot, a rifle shot does not immediately disable an right. attacker. Right. Right. I mean, later we've got Grosskreutz who's, uh, you know, gets shot in the arm. Right. He's still pretty capable. Right. Actually, he's still held the pistol. Right. 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 Interesting. Okay. So now here's a clip. From Tucker Carlson interviewing uh, Rittenhouse this last, uh, I think it was Monday, last week, Thanksgiving week. Where did you first see Rosenbaum? The first time I saw Rosenbaum was the first time he threatened to kill me. It was at the corner of the car source lot that I was at primarily that night. And uh, I was asking people if they needed medical. And he came up to me and Ryan Balch and he said, if I catch any of you MFers alone, I'm going to effing kill you. Had you ever seen him before? I have not. So you'd never seen this guy. He walks up and threatens to kill you out of nowhere. Yes. Okay. Wow. So so that's the guy. That's the guy. That, that's the guy that's he, chasing He was him down. making good on his promise, right? And, so this and, is not just random guy in the crowd. This is the guy who had threatened his life already. Yeah. And, and by the way, tactical lesson here. Somebody just threatened if he ever catches you alone, he's going to kill you. Right. You're alone. <laughs> right. Go with a buddy. Yeah. Go with a few guys. Right. right? I mean, you're. Right. this is a bad, bad situation. Right. Um, this, that's one of the things he should have so, And by the way, maybe, maybe Rittenhouse was told to go here by himself. I did not listen to that testimony. But whoever told him to do that, if that's the case, yeah. probably shouldn't have. Yeah, yeah, right? I mean, Kyle's here. He is a seventeen-year-old kid trying to right. trying to help things out. Right. You know, send people out in pairs. So if yeah. you're going to be out there, or if you're going to do this, you, you need to make sure you're at least two two or more. I sound, I've heard of I heard of who was it? Jesus says something like that. <laughs> this is this is two just, by two. This is just the beginning because now, as everybody knows, it gets ruckus, and this is where yeah. training just gonna and stop patience us right, there? And right there, man. Right so there. so you got to come back and hear how how you know Kyle handling himself. What's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> we kind of know the end of the story. <laughs> more cross politic coming up next. Man, this is crazy. Uh, I hadn't even drinking on my bourbon yet. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's third segment. Where's you need some Toby? Where's mine? I don't know. <laughs> Welcome back to Cross Politic. There you go. This segment is brought to you by Glenmorangie. <laughs> no sponsors? Not 
Officially. No. Not officially. Oh, <laughs> not officially. Speaking of, we do got a sponsor on this one. Oh, uh, Uncle oh, Dewey. Oh, really? Okay. Did you, did you read your notes? Oh, no. I'm just pouring some. You should, uh, you should read your notes what? as as you're opening some this. Bobo? Oh, uh, Bobo? What's a Bobo? Bobo. You right, read my notes. I'm about to find out what a Bobo Christians is. need to start thinking about doing business with fellow Christians. No, this isn't a plug for our FLF business listing. This is a plug <laughs> for Bobo Construction hey. Incorporated. Oh, okay. Ooh. Are you a developer, architect, or project owner? If so, I have a Christian commercial construction company you should be partnering with. Bobo Construction Incorporated. It's a fourth-generation, family-owned general contractor that was founded back in 1952. Their motto is, whatever is fair and right, that's what we do. (laughs) I like that. The Bobo Construction Incorporated headquarters is in Sacramento County, California. And they are defying vaccine mandates. Hey. Hey, I like that. You know you want to hire these people. Bubble Construction Incorporated has recently expanded into Idaho and Eastern Washington <laughs> with offices in Meridian and Coeur d'Alene and is in search of potential partners to wage war on tyranny with, hey, a construction company that wants to wage war on tyranny. I'm down with this. Bubble Construction uh, is, what do they do? They do any commercial project from zero to $80 million. Some of their past projects include retail, office buildings, schools, colleges, sustainable construction, and industrial facilities. To learn more wow. about Bobo Construction Incorporated and fight tyranny with them, go to www.boboconstruction. That's B-O-B-O Construction, Inc., I-N-C, dot com. You can also contact Austin Bobo at abobo at boboconstructioninc.com or call him. He's just giving his number out. <laughs> He's doing oh, it live okay. on the air. All right, Bobo. Zero eight. That's a that's an Idaho number. Seven eight nine zero nine nine five. It's two zero eight seven eight nine zero nine nine five. Well, and as I understand, these guys are actually expanding into Idaho. Oh, nice. Because if because of the problems that's going on in California. Yeah. 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 I was Thanks, I was Gabe. just trying to. You, you know what? <laughs> He's handing out boxes. Go, yeah. <laughs> they gave us some golf balls, what but what they. Oh, but they, but they didn't only oh, give us. Is that, okay. is, so that, is that for you? For everybody who doesn't know, you you they're, they're laughing because Knox, you know, oh, fell out of a golf cart. Knox does not <laughs> drive a golf cart. Pastor Toby left me, and the spirit departed. Ichabod, and I yeah. fell out of a golf cart. And they they were not only giving us I, golf balls. I could just I could just tell things were going downhill. Oh, <laughs> oh, funny pun. Uh, these guys not only gave this. us golf balls. Guys, you didn't get the you didn't. I, I didn't get that hat. You didn't get the Army one. But I'm trying to say something here. Yeah, right. uh, th- they gave us golf balls, but they also gave me a nice little warning. Said, Knox, be careful in the golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Austin, thank That's you, sir. Great. I appreciate, appreciate the wisdom. <laughs> Can't wait to meet those guys. They oh, sound like yeah. fun. Uh, oh, man. Oh, man. All right. So where we leave where, off Where were we? We were, oh, we were getting to the exciting part. Yes. Of the Rittenhouse. Where okay. we really get a chance to see okay. um, Kyle's situational awareness. How would you, how would you describe uh, I, I would say it's split second decision making, even under stress of already being been involved in a deadly attack after having run many blocks. Mm. I mean, he's making really solid decisions as far as withholding the use of force. Mm, withholding, okay, so, not not actually using force. You said withholding the use of force. That's interesting. Right, underline that. Yeah, that's really good. So uh, now we're after the first initial uh, encounter. How, how much how, how much time has elapsed between these two? Do you, do you know, Shan? It, what I had heard from testimony is that from the first encounter to the time st- things start getting ugly here is about a about a minute, I think. Okay, of running. So, so he, really he'd close. been he 
ran to the car source with the fire extinguisher, not not light, and he's got a little bit of a kit. And then he got involved in a deadly shooting, which, you know, there's going to be a huge adrenaline dump. Yeah, so that, yeah. that messes you up. And now he's back running. So... Okay, right there. Hit? Go ahead. It, did he get hit there? Yeah. Yeah. The testimony was that he had gotten hit in the back of the head with some with a concrete chunk. Oh. And then he got hit with the with the skateboard. Right. right. So this is the concrete chunk right here. Then is that part? Must of have been. Yeah. No, he's down. So, so why did he fall down there? Kyle said that he got hit with a rock. And maybe that's that's why he fell. I mean, so, he said someone took a so, something. So he got he got hit with that concrete chunk or a rock or whatever, and then he got hit with a skateboard that he partially deflected with his arm and hit him in the neck. Well, that, that hasn't was, happened yet. That uh, Huber hit him twice. Actually, the oh, testimony was really? that Huber hit him twice. Once with once with the skateboard when he was running. And then oh. it knocked the skateboard out of Huber's hands, uh-huh. and Huber retrieved it, and then came back and oh said, my "Hey, you want a little more? I'm going to give you a little oh more." <laughs> yeah, so we got jump kick guy there. Okay, and Kyle shot at him twice. Okay, okay, and missed. Okay, so right, but here, here again, Kyle's waiting until somebody is actually within contact distance or actually physically contacting him. Before he deploys force, and right. here he is, he's downed on the road yeah. with a mob closing in. Uh, some of whom are well, he knows Kyle knows rocks, skateboards. Yeah. There's right. been there's a dude later with a, like a metal pipe. There was earlier mm-hmm. there was a scene where guys carrying a two by four. So and he's heard gunshots before. Yeah, Uh-oh. he's heard gunshots and. Yeah, when he left the scene in the other place. You're right. a sane person, so you might not be able to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> but what comes over somebody who does not have a firearm in their hands to run up to a person with a very efficient firearm and try to kick them? They're emboldened by the mob. They think that they can do so safely. Mob crazy. That's what this is. I think so, yeah. Mm. So th- are they expecting it at all? I mean, it's hard to get in the head. But but when you're in that situation, do you think they expect not to get shot? Yeah, I think that they expect. So I think that they expect to be able to close in on him fast enough, get that weapon, wrangle that weapon from him, and potentially you know, rely on the idea that maybe they won't, maybe Kyle won't pull the trigger. Um, I think that they're thinking and that they're thinking that their buddies are closing in. I'm going to get help. We're going to get this guy mm. and we're going to disarm him, And then we're going to put the business on him. Okay. Mm. okay. So jump kick guy just came and, and now we got Huber skateboard guy back. Yeah. He bobbers Kyle in the neck back ahead with, with the skateboard, right? Mm-hmm. Swung by the, by the trucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's well, what, so right at that point, Kyle shoots him as he's yeah. So this so Huber grabs. He's trying to disarm Kyle, right? So he grabs the weapon by the barrel and basically directs it at his own chest. Oh and, and Kyle shoots. Kyle shoots one shot. Huber walks off and collapses. One shot. Wow. One shot. Not seven. Not seven. Right. One. You know, so so he you know, grabbed the barrel and then was trying to pull the gun away, but at the same time pulled yeah, it too. Yeah. So is, and you know, this is another lesson, right? Kyle's got the weapon slung. 
which makes it a little bit harder. Yep. Get that weapon off of right. them. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So but, but that's still amazing self control to only fire one shot. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Somebody, somebody's yanking your gun, and 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 he can pull that trigger a lot more. Yeah, and only fires one enough to get he get lets go. Yeah, he lets go. He staggers off, and and Kyle's Kyle stops shooting. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, most defensive training. You shoot until that the target, the target is, is down until they're no longer a threat. Yeah. Um, because yeah. Kyle doesn't know. The, he yeah. doesn't know if he hit the guy. He doesn't right. know anything. He doesn't even know uh, whether the guy's going to walk off and come right. back right. and right. try to inflict right. damage on him, kick him in the back of the head, right? Right. right. So here he sits up, and I think he's clearing his chamber. But uh, no, so, he's not clearing his chamber. So apparently no, the, it had not actually... Mm-hmm completely sent the bolt forward from that last shot so he has to use the forward assist which is actually on ar-15s it's a button so he has to get it back into the action and um yeah then that's what he's doing doing okay so just just that so you just had a guy i mean come on (laughs) yeah yeah you just had a guy come hit by concrete yep you're on the ground two times yep and then jump kick guy and so you fire your weapon to get him from grabbing your weapon yeah. and you're able in that in that moment to actually see that your chamber is open in some sense. Yeah, so maybe what happened and I I don't know, I did not hear testimony on this, maybe there was. Maybe what happened is, is he tried to fire more than one time against uh, Huber and felt a dead trigger. Yep. That would be a sign that if you're doing some training, okay, my bolt is not home. I got to get my gun back into the action right. quickly because I got a dude with a gun standing in front of me. Right. Oh, that makes, yeah. So that's. Okay. Hit pause right there, Gabe. That's Gage Grosscroft, right? Grosscroft, yeah. Grosscroft. Call me me Grosscroft. Yeah. (laughs) And he shot his arm. He shot his arm. So Grosscroft, so when Huber gets shot in the chest, Grosscroft kind of jumps back and kind of holds his hands up and kind of crouches a little bit with his pistol up in the air. And Kyle does not take a shot at him. He's got a pistol in his hand. He's got a pistol in his hand, and Kyle does not shoot him until Grosskreutz, you know, he was, some people say he was feigning surrender. And then he decides to go ahead and bring the pistol down, point it at Kyle's head, and that's when Kyle shoots his, you know, blows his bicep apart. Right. And he, again, one shot. Grosskreutz, his arm goes down, but he's still holding that pistol. He's he's got a Glock twenty seven in his hand. He's still holding that. Yeah, but even Kyle after his bicep blown up, he's still holding because he's holding. Yeah. The but but and, but he does. He kind of is the one. Is he the one yelling medic? Yeah, yes. he is. Yeah, so he he kind of immediately it, it, at least is indicating. I disarmed him basically. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah. I need a medic. I, I have gone through this multiple times. I saw the. I think it was the New York Times or um, New York Post. I can't remember which one. Put out the full video and they documented everything and walked through the whole piece. And I was surprised how well that they did this. First of all, how we have so much amazing, amazing footage of this. Right. And, and like I. I it's it's amazing. The second thing is why do we have so much amazing footage of this? <laughs> <laughs> right like why why are people too comfortable being out in this situation they're filming even though they're not getting shot at they're watching the situation and they're, they're <laughs> filming people shooting each other and you just are comfortable with you know 
that's that that environment. Well, and some of the footage is from the FBI, who's hanging out. Wow! Yep. Shut up! Wow. Watching, yes, right. I mean, yep. wow. no, I didn't know that part. Uh, yeah, oh some of the goodness. some of the highest quality footage is is FBI, and some of it, the evidence fairy left on the prosecutor's doorstep partway through the trial. <gasps> really, the evidence fairy? Yes. Surprise! Hey, hey, oh. and it turned out to be something that. They, that the prosecution said, yes, it shows how Kyle was was covering people with his with his weapon. Oh man, <laughs> I'm sorry. So you mean to tell me that Biden's the F- oh Biden's FBI that the FBI was there and didn't engage? I there's FBI footage. I don't know. Don't know <laughs> how much. They, so then they know these people. They, <laughs> if they want to find these people, if they can find people on January sixth. Surely, yeah, right. If they out here, they can. So yeah. you would think that the initial gunshot guy that caused Kyle to turn around right. might be found someday. Yeah, it was a uh, jump kick guy. They found him so late inside the game. So okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that makes so. Or, or they found him early and they, they just dis- didn't disclose it. Um, how? What kind of training does it take to be able to think like this in the split set? Because I'm looking at this, man, I train, I walk through stuff. I, my dad was a um, military guy, trained me to think a particular type of way about situations. So I'm always running through. But when I see this, if you've ever been in a fight and you've had your adrenaline maxed out, been able to even punch with the power that you have, it's not the same. You have to be trained how to use that adrenaline, to focus that adrenaline, yeah. to think clearly because it. When you if you've never had a gun pulled out on you, you don't understand how you're really going to act. Right. If you've never yeah. had you have no idea how you're really going to act. And everybody who's who I've seen it, like some of the church situations that have a gun pulled out on them, their response time is so slow. Yeah. Right. And because they've never been in that situation before. But here Kyle is. I don't know if he's ever had a gun pulled out on him before, but his response and engagement is so sharp his auto loop right yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, observe orient um decide and then act right the auto loop right you go through that process as you go through things and his was operating at a fascinating speed yeah. i i think he was quite blessed in that regard right mm. i mean everything from from him holding off and making decisions the last last possible second or maybe even beyond and the the shots of people you know when people are trying to take his weapon yeah the fact that he was able to disable them so quickly right rather than having an assailant that now is just slightly injured i he was totally blessed right i i don't i mm. think that some of this is just, was, was just the blessing of god because i don't know how you train in the situation right i i, mm. I, I think I think you could end up with a lot of guys with a lot of training that wouldn't have acted quite this well, or they would have come in with a lot more bravado and Correct. and injuring Maybe more people. More people have been injured, yeah, than than necessary. Yeah, right. And you know, Kyle, he, he, even here where he gets up, there's gunshots going off, and he thinks he's being fired at. He turns around, and he's like, "I can't see anybody, you know, as a target, so <laughs> right. I'm just going to keep on running." And he's not running extremely fast, but. Boy, what great decision making by this kid! Yeah, so are you telling me then that you can't train for this? <laughs> no, I'm telling you, you can train for this. You, you've got to keep training. You've got to have the right skills, right? When he when he knew his weapon was dead and he needed to get back in the fight, if 
if you don't have any training right. with an AR-15, you're not going to know yeah. what oh. to do his, his at all. His instinct was, he just That's did right. it instinctively. Right. Yeah, it yeah. was, okay, I know, I've trained, I know what this is, go ahead and hit that charging, yeah. charging yeah. handle. You want to finish this clip, yep. just real quick? I mean, exactly what Shan just mentioned, his, turns around, can't see his, any target, and so he just starts jogging. Here you got police officers finally coming. Who are these yep. people in the street? Right. I mean. Who's that guy with the gun that just walked by? That was an officer. Okay. okay. Pretty sure. So here's Kyle running towards the police. What, which, by the way, putting his hands obviously up. not a threat, right? I mean, he's he's running with his weapon slung on his chest, kind of close on his chest. Right. Obviously not a threat, which is what he had been doing ever since right. the uh-huh. first incident right. with Rosenbaum, demonstrating how he wasn't actually a threat, right. even though these guys came and were jump kicking right. him and right. trying to take his weapon. Yeah, and he puts his hands up. Yeah. Yeah. There's his hands up. It gets sprayed by the police, pepper sprayed. <laughs> yeah. And they actually told him to go home that night. Yeah. Uh, and then they arrested him, I think, the next morning or the, or the following morning. He turned himself in into his yeah, local right. police department because he couldn't actually get to Kenosha. Because Kenosha was so, their they police department was so busy. They were close for business. Not, yeah, yeah. So there's a couple, I, there's so much I want to talk to you about, Shane. And, and anything you want to jump in here, jump in. Um, I, I think we've seen enough happen in America. We've seen the everybody knows that their city is subject at some point or another here. If something goes wrong, the BLM doesn't like or they want something that they're not going to get. Our cities are going to pay for it. Minneapolis was ransacked and destroyed. Right. Um, and so it even tried to happen around here to the point that people. <laughs> right. And northern was, Idaho. By the way, I was actually here in Moscow. um, when there was stuff, and I was I was hanging back, just trying to make sure things were, were keeping good. an eye on things, though. Yeah, I was okay, keeping so an eye on things. I was not obviously armed, but I was keeping an eye on why? things. I was also in in communication with with people within law enforcement, just to mm-hmm. just to make sure that things didn't get. Well, well I remember riotous. when when um, when the riots were happening. I don't know what what city was that in. in that was Coeur over, over in no, there's one in Washington oh. outside of Seattle. Yeah. Where there's a there's a great shot. It didn't get a lot of um, press, but um, there was a whole line in downtown. Yeah. This little downtown city, and in, in, it, it's like it's, it's one of the sheriffs that's been e- pushing back to east one of, of Seattle, yeah, yeah. east of Seattle, and you had cops and private citizens standing in a line with their their guns, standing there peacefully. Yep. And th- in that evening, when you have those riots going on, you got these cars pulling in, people pop out. <laughs> they see a line of people with, like, not in our city. Not today, Satan. And then you see them, like, get back in their car, and they drive off. And it happens, you know, a number of times throughout the evening. And that happened in northern Idaho, too. Yeah, so I, I think it happened in Coeur d'Alene yeah, yeah, yeah. as well, yeah. and I think there were other places where people, to get, you know, working with law enforcement, yeah. um, uh, saying, hey, you're not going to destroy our businesses. You're not going to destroy our city. Yep. Um, we're going to defend our, our, our lives and our property here. Why, why weren't you armed when you were out there? I don't think he said w- he wasn't armed. I was not obviously armed. Okay, I was. I, heard, I, heard I was that concealed word. when he said okay. that. I, I, I was that. concealed. I, I I did have a long gun available. Yeah. Um, but it was tucked away, um, do, safely, do, obviously. So, do you think it would have been better if we had had more people out there that were armed, like Kyle, in that situation? How how do you, how does one 
deal with that situation when they know they're going to have a problem. And th- remember, Kyle's out here because this is day two. Yeah, you know. because because he had seen what yeah. footage of what happened where yeah. 100 cars were burned at car source. Right. Yeah. And, 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 his, and his dad and family live in Kenosha. Yeah, he was right. apparently a lifeguard in Kenosha. Right. So, so what do you, do you, I mean, how do we engage that? Cause I don't, I mean, I'm honestly, there was parts of me that I was thinking about, like when I saw Minneapolis going up in flames, I got my mom and my sister there. I'm thinking like, do I need to show up in Minneapolis? <laughs> like, What's going on? You know, I don't know anybody on the ground. I don't have any contacts there that I would know would want to go with me. I got a lot of friends there. Right. I got family there, but I don't know people who would probably want to be on the street with me. Do you even how, if your police forces look, they're burning the police station in South Minneapolis, right? Mm-hmm. Off a of lake, they're burning the police station. If your police are given up and they're gone, right. yeah. what, what are your options at that point? Stay in your house and hope they don't come knock on your door? Uh, or stay in your house and hope they don't torch it with you inside? <laughs> I, I mean, really, it, it can turn into right. a, a rather real. hot hot box to be in. Yeah. So I, I, I think... I think we've got to look towards a little bit of leadership for one. Uh-huh. And we've got to have the right leadership that's going to sit, stand up and say, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to do this the right way. We're going to do this in conjunction with appropriate local governing authorities. Like lesser magistrate that, yeah. But we're going to do there and we're going to be there and we're going to be there again. You're not going to shoot somebody because they're, because they're torching a car or because they're breaking into an unoccupied home. Um, but if you're inside an occupied home and you're inside a business or even if you're occupying a car under Idaho statute, you actually can, you get a presumption if somebody's breaking in with, right. uh, with violence or with stealth, you've got the presumption that, yeah, you, you were in legitimate fear for your life. Cause again, you, you, you are allowed to assume biblically that they have malintent. Yeah. That, that, that they intend to harm you, and therefore the presumption of innocence is on yours, your part to defend yourself. So, so when you say stealth, somebody who's like secretly trying to get in, you don't they, know. They secretly lies. broke in, right? They yeah, kind yeah. of found a crack in a window, and they just kind of slid it open, whatever, right? Yeah. So, At least under Idaho statute. Idaho statute is one of the best out really? there. Really? Yeah. Oh, so we got a strong ca- – could you walk through – I want to do this before we go. With just a little bit of castle law, kind of like, you know um, – what well, yeah. So if you're if you're in your house, it, it gives you that presumption, right? Yeah. Again, okay, somebody somebody kicks in your door with some violence, whatever, right? It gives you the presumption that yes, you were in legitimate fear for your life, mm. right? Right. That that you can use that deadly force, and that that person was actually so. Self-defense law is based upon mostly what you knew at the time. And you could actually have a mistaken assumption, right? So you're like, hey, somebody shoved a gun in my face. I shot him. Well, it's you may find out later that it was completely disabled. Or a BB gun or whatever. Right, yeah. right. right? But you didn't have the responsibility. But, but the that. situations, yeah. would it be reasonable for you right. to assume that? So, yeah. Yeah. so that's what self-defense law is based on. And so, again, when you're in your house... Somebody breaks in in the middle of the night, right? You have that assumption on your side. And actually, Idaho even has some jury instructions codified to give you that sort of benefit of the doubt that, you know, um, you've got, go back to my notes here. And I, I stole these from one of the, one of the better commentators, uh, Andrew Branca. 
and uh, you know you've got you've got innocence, so you you can't have started the fight, right? I mean, right. You can't. You can't have, claim you, basically, anymore. basically, you can't be the guy. Hey, I shove a gun in your face, and then you pull a gun on me, and I shoot you. Well, gee, I'm no. You can't do that, right? Um, that, that's, that's exactly what happened in the Maude Arbery situation, that's, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. they pulled guns. Yeah, they went. They they escalated the situation, mm. and then when he responded to, yep. to defend himself, then they they um they shot him. Yeah, and that's that's just not self defense, right? Self-defense, right. That's you're bringing that aggression. Then you've got imminence. You've you know it's got to be happening or about to happen. You can't be. It can't be like revenge for something a little bit ago, yeah. and it can't be. Well, you know, he punches you in the face, he walks away, and then you still shoot him. (laughs) Yeah. Or or even he walks up to you and says, I'm gonna kill you tomorrow. Yeah. Right? You can't just shoot him. Or in the case with Rosenbaum, I'm gonna if I find you alone, I'm gonna kill you. Right. Okay. You can't just shoot him then. Right. Right. So then you've got proportionality, right? So deadly force met with deadly force, non deadly with non deadly. You can't you can't be, you know, somebody Somebody punches you in the face and then you shoot them, right? Right, unless there's other circumstances, right? You're down on the ground, there's a mob, you know that they're they're gonna. You've already been hit by concrete. Yeah, the way that it's escalating, the way it's going, uh-huh. it doesn't end well for you. Exactly, right. and then um, avoidance. Can you have avoided the fight? Well, that's yeah. where the these quote unquote stand your ground laws or castle doctrine. No, no state requires that you. S flee your home, right? Because your home is traditionally the safest place ever. It's your home. So law does not require that you flee your own home. Um, but in some states, it may require that if there's a safe place to go, that you go there if you can retreat safely. Mm. But, and you see that going on, <laughs> in, again, in, in the Rittenhouse situation. I mean, he's, he's, he's in, running in, away. In every situation is running away from his assailants. Yeah, clearly trying to avoid um, yeah. ha- having to come into direct conflict with them. Mm. And then the last, the last element is reasonableness. So it was it reasonable. Would a reasonable person have done this? Right. I mean, if you've got a screw loose and you're like, think everybody's out to get you, you can't just go start shooting people. Right. So castle doctrine gives you almost all of those elements by, by yourself. Right. So it assumes that you're acting reasonably, right? If somebody's breaking into your house, they smash a window and they're crawling through, you can assume that they're going to be doing bad things to you. That makes that gives you the the assumption of reasonableness. If they're doing it right now, that's imminent. Um, you know, proportionality mm-hmm. is, hey, you know, somebody's committing a felony to get into your house. Right. Well, <laughs> it, it, that is assumed to be deadly. And uh Avoidance. There's no way to avoid it. So, mm. and innocence is kind of a gimme, right? You you didn't start it, right? You're in your home. So, right. castle doctrine, and that is that we do have code in Idaho that looks like that. That gives you almost all the elements. Now, how does that work? You're just talking about in the house. How does that work on the streets? The same setup on the on the streets. So. Castle doctrine doesn't work on the street because it's not your castle. But then there's the duty to retreat stide, the quote unquote, stand your ground. Um, Some states have it. Some states don't. It really comes down to being reasonable, right? If you see something happening and, you know, somebody's, somebody's shooting at you from, you know, a hundred yards away. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're right next to 
brick or concrete. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, maybe instead of pulling out your long gun and, and sighting them in, maybe you just walk around. Right. So, you know, you've got to figure out, okay, can I get, can I get out of this situation? There's going to be a, a jury somewhere in this that's going to be looking at it. And there's going to be a prosecutor sometimes, Sometimes a malicious prosecutor. Sometimes. <laughs> Most of so, the time, probably. I, so They're incentivized to be malicious. You don't want to put yourself in that situation. You want to, you honestly want to get out of there, right? And the other thing is, is if there, if you've got a chance to escape and you can do that without putting your life at risk, your loved ones at risk, yeah. other people at risk, do so because it's going to end up better for you, right? Yeah. I, That's right. You know, Rittenhouse probably spent, I don't know a million dollars on that it, it, yeah, on least. that defense. Yeah, um, it was an investment though. And he was and he went to jail and his whole a whole life. I mean, your your long life, his whole year, yeah. Yeah. the whole year, and and he killed some people, right? Whether yeah. whether yeah. or not you are justified, you still have to live with that. Yeah, yeah. right, Toby. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's right. Yeah, yeah. In, in this case, again, it, it it looks to me like he he was acting in a just way. And I think he can hold his head up high and and thank the Lord for how yeah. God protected him in the moment. Yeah. Um, and I think he did really seek to protect life. Um, but yeah, that's absolutely a heavy burden still to carry. Um, I, I think I think we, we need we need men though, like that's Kyle. Right. We, we need men who are willing to to uh, to start I mean it, I think the biggest shame in all of this was how alone he was. You know, and, and again, maybe there were other factors in all of that, but, um, we need men to be men and we need men to stand together with other godly, faithful men. You need brothers in arms. You need to be a part of a church community. You need to be part of a broader community so that you're not on your own and you can look to one another and you can say, does this seem like the moment? Is this how we're going to stand? How are we going to defend? Because, you know, when the police aren't showing up. Um, well, you've got, you do need to protect your people, That's right. but you want, but our job is to do it. I mean, the, the, the founders of our country, um, they, they were not trying to burn it all down. They, that's what the French revolutionaries were doing. But what the founders of our country were trying to do was actually maintain the order that allowed for freedom. That's what they wanted. They wanted to maintain the order that allowed for real Christian freedom. And, um, and they were objecting to tyranny and oppression coming from the British crown. Um, we're in a new, you know, a new situation, uh, but there are some parallels. Yeah. And and I think it was honestly, frankly, men like Kyle who were part of the American Revolution that were willing to say, you know what, this is, you know, you're not protecting our rights, so I will. Yep. We are we are at the place where yeah. Anyway, I, I don't want to add to that. That's really good. I was just thinking about the fact that you got Kyle out there protecting Kenosha, and things are so bad in Minneapolis that you got the vice lords and the Crips out there protecting the north side of Minneapolis right. because a pastor had to make a call and he had no police to call, so he called yeah. the the right. you know the, the, the lords thugs. and yeah. the and, Crips, and, yeah. and they were the ones protecting from the other thugs. Right. That's just how messed up the situation right. is. Right. So, yeah. Shan, yeah. what what what's your blog again that we can go to? Yeah. So lowlightdefense.com just lowlightdefense.com has all sorts of weapon light data so you can choose the best weapon light for you we don't have we've got no sponsors no skin in the game other than we want people to make the right decision and then hopefully we can outfit them with the right holster and gear for them to Mm -hmm. carry and then then go to works.com where they can find all the 
Slash cross politic. Hey, thank you. com forward slash cross politics. So, hey, appreciate you, man. Thank you for being a sponsor here yeah. for us. Thank you, Shannon. Thanks Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for all you do, guys. So, if you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is cross politics. Welcome to No Quarter November. My name is Douglas Wilson. I'm glad you decided to join us. Now, some people want to know, what is it about November that makes us want to burn things? What's with that? There's a little libation for those evangelicals who think I ought not to be drinking stuff like that. The reason, the reason we're doing this is not that we're, we think that there's a moral obligation that we have to be incendiary, because we don't have a moral obligation to be incendiary. What we're saying is that the world has mysteriously, for some bizarre reason, become flammable. So, the world is flammable. Everything catches fire these days. All you have to do is say something like white babies or, or something like men shouldn't have sex with unstable women. Things that would have gone past without comment in a saner time. But we don't live in a sane time. Um, we're not incendiary people here at Cannon Press. We are ordinary people, normal people, in a flammable time. And that explains why things burn in November. The basic point of No Quarter November on my blog is that normally, 11 months out of the year, when I say outrageous things or things that I know that people will take as outrageous, I make a point of qualifying it. I, I call it, it's not always in the second paragraph, but I call it the second paragraph rule, where I say, now, when I say this, I'm not saying this and that and the other thing. I qualify, and I qualify, and I qualify and nobody pays the slightest bit of attention to my qualifications. And so I decided a few years ago that let's see what happens when I don't qualify anything. If I just say, if I just speak the truth, what happens then? Well, check in, no quarter November, and you'll see what happens then. My exhortation to all of you is that if it, if it seems like everything's gone nuts, if it seems like the world's on fire, just keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. Just Stay with whatever your plans were. Keep doing what you ought to be doing. Stay at your post. Ignore the world. Mm. See? <laughs> well, I gotta get home for dinner. Black swan with the boy sling came alone.